going to open us in prayer in just a minute. Uh, the, the title of tonight's class is called Servants. Um, and I'm going to just open with a video and we're going to open, uh, just kind of go into a time of discussion. Uh, but this one uh, in, in particular was very impactful to me, uh, this, this, this study. And we're going to talk a little bit of, of why and, and kind of a, a riddle that, I, that I've been struggling with in my mind when it comes to um, restoring the church, that kind of language, or pursuing uh, God's vision for the church. Uh, there's always been an enigma that I've struggled with as far as uh, when is this a healthy mentality and when is this an unhealthy mentality. And we want to talk about some of that um, after the video. But uh, let's go ahead and, and open with a prayer. Um, my God, I just, uh, I just want to acknowledge you as king. I thank you, God, for this, the family that you've given us. Um, I, I think even going through this, uh, this series and this study, in some ways, it, it uh, is challenging. And um, I, I pray is pushing us to want to keep moving forward in our walk with you and our walk with one another. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's caused me to overwhelm with, I'm just overwhelmed with thanksgiving um, for the people that you've put in my life um, and giving us a family, giving us the gift of one another. Um, it's such a blessing to have people to be on this journey with, and I just uh, I thank you for the camaraderie that's in this room, and I ask God that you'd open up our hearts to hear your voice and to hear your word uh, in all of this. It's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. favorite day of the year was Easter because there would be so many people coming and I felt so much pressure and I didn't want to disappoint them and really every Sunday was somewhat stressful for me because I just knew people came with so many expectations and I knew I was going to disappoint a lot of people there was never a Sunday where I met everyone's expectations I always knew there would be a line of people that want to talk to me and get counsel from me and everything else. And, and it was great. You know, I'd go to bed at night with joy knowing that I served and that I was exhausted and everything else. But there's other side where I just felt like I also knew I disappointed people because I could never have enough time for all of them and to meet all of their needs. It was a frustrating thing. And I never dreamt that the church could be a place where everyone came to actually give rather than receive. Like, that was just a foreign thought to me. I, I just, I couldn't even picture it. Like, 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 what if everyone came, every single person that gathered, literally wanted to give more than they wanted to receive that day? That would be an incredible gathering, but that, that, that was like an impossibility in my mind. And I didn't realize that's actually what God commands. That's what He desires. I mean, in your mind right now, think about the most selfless person you know. 
There may be one or two people in your life where you think they're always thinking about others, always thinking about others. And now try to imagine if everyone in your gathering was like that. Would that be insane? Wouldn't it be something where you just looked forward to getting into an environment like that? It's like my, my kids on their birthday. I just had a, you know, seven-year-old birthday party for, for my daughter and she couldn't wait till her friends came over and now it's present time. And, you know, as a kid, you're just going, gosh, everyone came with a present for me. Of course she's looking forward to her birthday party. But really, that's the way our gatherings were supposed to be, is that everyone brought a gift, that they brought a gift, that they came, we came to serve one another. It says that in, uh, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. This is the way the church has to become, where everyone comes and realizes they have a gift. And I understand, for some of us, we may have insecurities and go, well, these guys know more than me. They've been around the church longer than me. What would I have to offer? These are the times when you have to trust the Word of God over your own insecurities. Remember, we're studying this book because we're putting this above our feelings. And some of us may feel feel like we have nothing to offer, and then we read God's word and we go, oh, let me correct my thinking because I'm going to submit myself to this truth which says I have something to offer this group. God's going to give me something, and that's why he says to eagerly pursue. We eagerly pursue these gifts because we love these people. Hopefully before you gathered, and you're gathering whether, you know, that, that, that during the week, You've been on your knees saying, God, please, please give me a gift. Help me to pursue. Give me some spiritual gift because I love these people I'm about to gather with. And I don't want to come empty handed. And you said that you would give me something to bless these people with. Did any of you coming this week pray that way? Pray for these people that you love. Remember we just talked about loving one another? And you love them so much that you want to build them up. So all week you've been praying for them and you've been praying for yourself. God, give me this gift because I want to bless this group of people. We live in a time when so few people gather to serve. And yet that's at the core of Christianity. That's what Jesus came to do. He didn't come down. On, what was his example? To come down and say, everyone serve me now? And that's why it's so sickening that we've just kind of accepted the thought that, well, we live in a consumer generation, in a consumer-focused uh, country, and so when people come to the church, they come as consumers. You know, and they come and just go, okay, is this going to work for me? Is this going to work for me? Was the sermon going to work for me? Is this type of music going to work? Is the child care good enough for me? And, and so then we appease all of that. And worse yet, nowadays, people don't just come as consumers, but it's almost like they feel like they're consultants. Like, like people come in and go, let me tell you what's wrong with your church. You know, and, and, and you guys should do this different. You should do this different. You should, like we come with these different attitudes and God doesn't want us to come as consumers or consultants, but as, as Christ, uh, 
Christians, as, as, as members of Christ, that you come and you go, how can I serve this body? How can I give to these people? How can I build them up in love? Man, I, I, this is possible. It is possible. And I know as you think about it and as you, as you allow your mind to dream about these things, you know your heart leaps thinking, gosh, what if we all came with that mindset? What an amazing gathering. Who doesn't want to come to their, to a party where people are going to bring them gifts? You know, who doesn't want to go to a party where they actually brought a gift that they're excited to, 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 to give to the other person? Man, haven't you had those times where you really thought through a gift and you worked for it and you couldn't wait to hand it to that person? Like, I know sometimes, you know, there's, there's just, uh, I'll buy a, a present for my wife like two weeks early before Christmas and it's just, I'm just dying to give it to her. Like, can I give it to you early? Can I give it to you early, honey? Because I just want to see her face when I hand it to her. Like, and she goes, you do this every year. You can't hold on. I go, well, I'm just so excited to give this to you. Like, that's the way the body should be. It's like, oh, God gave me a message. I have a testimony. Man, he gave me a word. I was blessed with a bunch of money. Or I was blessed, you know, I couldn't wait to come here and just serve you guys and bless you with this. Look, God wants this of his church where we all come as servants. And let's kill it. Let's kill the consumer mindset. Let's kill the consultant mindset. And let's gather together as Christians. And so as you talk today, let's just get real, get practical and say, how are we going to kill this? Because I am not going to live this way anymore. And we can't propagate this type of church anymore. Let's figure out, let's encourage each other to come as servants. All right, what are some of your thoughts just on that, uh, that initial video? Talk to me. Uh oh. Uh, anybody else? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I think this is a fair comment. It's funny you said that because Steve and I had lunch together today and we kind of said something very close to those lines. Did you know what? It's some circles, we, we still want to grow. We want to push forward. But some circles haven't experienced some of what we've experienced, you know, sometimes. And um, I did think, man, fortunately, I can think of a lot of examples of what he's talking about right now. And so that's actually a really fair point. Um, when we come to that in, in a minute. Uh, yeah, anything else? Oh, Absolutely. Uh, she said, this is an amazing class, and thank you, Jeff. No. <laughs> uh, she, she said, uh, um, it was a great comment, and um, the idea that when we watch these videos, and I think this is super important, um, we watch Chan, you, you hear what he's saying, and you're like, man, I don't know, that's not my experience. I've actually seen a lot of selflessness. I've seen a lot of this kind of beauty in the church, and... Uh, um, my experience hasn't been a lot of the consumer mentality. I've seen a lot of the, the what he's talking about, really. Um, and I think that's a very, really uh, a fair comment uh, to make. Um, anything else? Yeah. So I, I have a question. Um, I think that 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm right here. <laughs> Yeah. I think. I think it's a really good comment because um, he didn't mention it in the video, but in the book, he actually talks about that exact thing. His, his church was awesome. Things were going great. People were engaged. And then they grew. And, and they did. They got huge. And he said, and then I have this massive church full of people that I can never please. And, and we're constantly just, and, he, and that's exactly why he said we got less involved. And all I could do was sit back with my clipboard at that point, you know, and then get critical. Uh, best Mex- Mexican restaurant I've been at in my life. I'm sure it got, got closed down, but it's close to Abilene. It was called Rosa's, but it's not the famous Rosa's down south. Um, but it was a lady's house. And you walked in, and the doors were about that tall. And you had to duck through the doors. And she made this amazing meal, but you had to wash your own dishes. And and we brought people. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm sure for health reasons, that's probably not something you can do anymore. But but everyone I brought to that restaurant, they were like, this is the best thing I've ever done. This is the best experience I've ever had. Why? Just being a part of it, engaging in it. I'm a, and I was thinking about that um, as opposed to, you know, how we are and how I really tend to be in restaurants, like there's not enough ice in my glass, you know, that kind of a person. Um, and so, absolutely. Any other comments? Mm-hmm. You know, when I hear sermons like on TV or, or different people, I hear this, this sermon of having a personal relationship with Jesus. Yeah. I love it that you said that because, and I don't want to pick on anybody, but I'm going to. Um, <laughs> but I had a, a, a guy calling, and, and he was just really interested in coming to our church, and we had some amazing talks, and I told you about him last week or a couple of weeks ago, and he was just grilling us on our church, on our doctrine, on how church worship services go. And he emailed me Sunday afternoon, and, and no, Monday morning, and he said, I'm sorry I wasn't able to make church. Uh, just wasn't enough time for me to get there, but no worries. I did all five acts of worship in my motel room. And I was looking at that just, are you, are you serious? You know, and, and I'm not against that. I'm not saying, hey, he, you're a horrible person. You didn't come to my church. But I am saying exactly that comment. Isn't it amazing that you thought that you did all of these acts of worship and none of it involved people. 
<laughs> none of it that involved any of the one another's, any of this, you know. Um, and so I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, Tamara. Right. And then there's another time where I I think that that was weighing on me as well. Um, I've read through the rest of his book, and so I know that he, that that's a really valid point uh, that you're making. But the, I'm going to repeat what Tamara said uh, because this is so important that we understand this. Because the idea is not to put a guilt trip on anyone. Um, we all know what it is to come to church and say, "I don't have the strength to breathe in my life right now. Um, I'm barely here. I'm barely making it." I need people to lift me up. The last thing I need to need is some preacher to stand up in front of me and say, well, you'd be happier if you started serving people, you know. Um, that's not what we need. You, need. you need at that point. And I think that's a really fair comment because there are times we have to allow ourselves to be weak. Um, I think the general point he's trying to make is, um, is just a generality. I think that this is a major a calling for each of us in our life. What are my gifts and how do I use them for the church? but not a specific every Sunday, this is what you need to be kind of a thing. Uh, because I, definitely there's times where you're just in too much pain. And I think a weakness I have, and I know a lot of people in the church have, is the very times that you really need to be ministered to, the times where you need to open up yourself and say, I need someone to reach me, are the times you mask it by ministering to people, you know, and I'm just going to smile and, and go about, you know, my day and not allow myself to be weak, you know. So that's a, a huge point. Yeah, Nathan? Um, I like to read, like, reviews of places before I go somewhere, and I want to make sure I'm taking the best coffee shop or restaurant or something. Right. Come on. Right. Um, and so he was convinced that, that they were doing something wrong. And I've noticed the same thing in church. Right. When I come to church, I do think, ah, that's been good for me, or all man was great. Um, but the longer I've gone through dealing with those things, the more I realize that I am the variable. It, it doesn't matter what songs they actually sing, it doesn't matter who was up there. Right. I want to kind of say something I wrote down that I love what you just said, and I'm going to repeat his comment as well. 
uh, just in general, what Nathan just said is a lot of times um, our view of something and our critique of something, especially when you look at websites and online reviews, they reveal more about the reviewer than about the place. And I was talking to someone just recently who uh, owns a business. Some of you guys own businesses or in practices where you get reviewed, and you know this, this well. Um, but I wrote this down. Any attempt to restore the church or pursue God's design for it that isn't entirely rooted in personal responsibility and accountability should be avoided. Um, what that means is this. Anytime we're, if I'm trying to restore God's design for the church, what I want his church to be, and it ends up my critiquing you, and that's what it's about, that should be avoided. Uh, the main thing that I should be looking at is what I'm responsible for and accountable for and can change uh, because it's about me and what God is doing in me and hopefully leading others. Um, kind of going back to Vanna's comment, I was thinking about this last Sunday, and it's really typical of me when I'm, I'm at church. Um, I'm thinking, okay, we had a new family uh, that was just visiting for the first time. They were sitting right here. Um, I, I'm probably like a lot of you, I think, in terms of where people sit. Um, they were sitting right here. They were visiting from the community. I had someone else I was going to talk to. I got to say hi real quick. And then I remember thinking, man, I hope somebody's reaching out to them right now. Um, uh, there, there's a girl that I've been trying to reach and talk to for the last month. And I'm like, how does she vanish? How does she vanish into thin air? And I've never seen, how is it that I can't get over to you? You know, and, and is someone talking to her, somebody reaching out to her? And I'm, I've always got, you know, probably 20 or 30 people. I'm thinking, man, I want to pray with this person. I want to be with this person. And to be able to look up and see the family, seeing people that are engaging in that mentality. And I'm like, man, so beautiful to watch the body reaching out, you know, to, to people. Um, and so I was actually super encouraged just this last Sunday because I was seeing so much of, of, of that. Um, any other thoughts before we move on and some verses I want to get into? Okay. Okay, and that's, that is, we have to hit that. The, the comment is, she... Uh, Kelsey says she likes the comment about how everybody is valuable, everybody has a gift, everybody has something to contribute. Um, and I want to tie that into what Tamara said because there's there's got to be a, a happy place where we're meeting here where I can be weak and, and still feel useful um, in, in a sense. But that is the major point of this video um, and of, of this chapter is that the church was designed for everyone to be able to contribute something for us all to have something that we bring. And, and I want to talk about what that's for. Um, and I just want to root this in kind of the obvious place here in, in John 13 when Jesus washes the disciples' feet. And, and, and Fran brought, uh, Francis Chan brought up this is an amazing idea that what if Jesus were to come in here and wash my feet and how would I react to that? What would my thoughts be? And then he said this. This is what, what Jesus said. He said, as I've done for you, I want you to do for one another. And I want to read that verse because there's something I caught this time I hadn't caught before. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I've done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And I just love that last part. He says, do you get this? You're going to be blessed if you walk this way. 
And, and uh, the idea that if I come um, to an assembly or to a church, and I got to experience this when I was on, on my sabbatical last year. I got to visit all kinds of different churches and experience that nobody knows who I am. This is a big church. This is a small church. And I got to experience that, you know. And what did I end up doing? Well, these are some things I'd love for Meadowlark to do. I love the way they did that. I can't stand the way they did that. That's horrible. I don't like that. I don't like that. And, and I was. I was critiquing every church I go to. Melinda knows I do this. Critiquing everything. Um, and I realized how, wow, this is exactly what he's saying. What if I go and instead of seeing this, and instead of seeing what's happening up here, instead I look up and I see Jim. And I see somebody and I target them and I say, God, work through me. How do I reach that person? How did you send me here to interact with that person, to do something, to lift that, the, the spirit of that person up so that I don't look at somebody like Tamara and say, you should be doing what I'm doing. Uh, instead, I look at somebody like that and say, and say, that's who God's sending me to. You know, this is exactly who God's sending me to, having those eyes and that awareness. And Jesus says this, you'll be blessed. You'll be blessed with that mentality and what that does um, in your life as a result. Um, this is what people think of when they see churches, right? Today, we talked about this last week. Cheesy signs, who's more creative than the other? No one's ever said, I went to that church because they, man, their billboard's funny. Um, but this is what people think of, cheesy slogans. Uh, these are the, this is the way people view church today, right? These are the four major categories I came up with anyway. High church, that's down in the bottom left corner, uh, right? Then you got, uh, I don't know what to call it, a fun church. And then you got country church. And this is, then you got, I guess, house church or something like that. But this, this is the four major categories I thought of. This is what people think of when they think of church. And people's paradigms and experiences are vastly different. And that's why there's a lot of things I've said before here that did not convey. And I'm glad they didn't. There are things that I've said before where people have walked up to me after church and said, Jeff, I have no idea what you were talking about. I'm like, man, you did not grow up in the South. We know how to fight in the South. Okay, you didn't grow up like this, okay? I knew how to fight, okay? I knew, I knew that. That's what I associated church with doing. You're supposed to fight about stuff. Um, and, and, and different people come from different experiences. Some hate emotion, right? I'm one of those that I'm very emotional, but I don't like the fact that I'm emotional. Um, I, and, and there's all these things that you say, well, this is how I think church should be. And Jesus just was super simple about this. This is what church should be. This is what it should look like, okay? And it's amazing how simple it is. Um, and I want to talk about why. Isn't that a cool picture of metal art, by the way? This is how the church is described in Jesus' language. A chosen people. A royal priesthood. A holy nation his bride, and probably most sacredly, his home. This is how Christ sees the body. And we look at the body and we think, laser lights, high church, relevant, not relevant, what are you doing? All of these different things. And he says, this is my very bride, this is my home. And he gets down and he washes feet. And this is how Paul talks about it. 
It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Um, there's so much in this verse, what just said. This is, this is it. This is, this is it in a nutshell. This is what church needs to look like, right? Let me ask you this. Just looking at the text here, what are the stated goals? What are we working towards? Okay, so I'm going to say building up the body. Maturity. What else? Okay, unity. At works of service. There might be one or two more. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah, that's it. Knowledge of the Son. And I loved that one. Fullness of Christ. And so, like, what are we working toward? You know, what is this that we're after? What is the big thing? And to me, and this is super important, I do think it's important that, man, I want to see growth. I want to see people. I want to see people coming to Christ. But the stated goal of the church is right here. It says this, we are working to equip God's people for works of service so everybody is doing something, working in the kingdom. And the goal of all this is unity. Knowledge of the Son, maturity, and attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. These are the goals you know, that we're working towards. And it's crazy to me that we cannot emphasize unity enough. I had somebody ask me one time, and I'm sure that they meant something noble by it. I'm not sure. But somebody asked me one time, I hope you're not a part of this whole unity movement thing. I was like, I have no idea what that meant, but it did not sound good. <laughs> I hope I am. Um, I don't know what you have in mind by this, but Christ's final prayer for the church was this whole unity movement thing and, and what that looks like, you know, how that is going to be fleshed out. Obviously, it doesn't mean we're going to all meet under the same roof and sing Kumbaya. Uh, unity isn't that. Um, but pushing towards unity was, I think, one of the major, obviously one of the most important things the church is supposed to be doing today uh, is exactly that. Um, so moving on, one more verse I wanted to, uh, to get to. First uh, Corinthians 12. And most of this chapter in, in Francis Chan's book comes out of 1 Corinthians. And the reason this is so important is one thing the Corinthians nailed was how to use their gifts. You find out when you're reading through Corinthians, they're good at using their gifts. Um, man, in fact, they're fighting over using their gifts. Um, everybody has a prophecy. Everybody has something they want to say. Everybody wants to get up front. And Paul basically says this, man, you're not using your gifts in love, and you're not using your gifts for the edification of the body, you're using your gifts for the edification of you. And that's why 1 Corinthians 13, famous love chapter, isn't really about love, and it's really not really about gifts, it's about the complete. He says, when perfection comes, when the complete comes, he uses the word teleon, when this comes together, your love and your actions and your works, then we're starting to move towards Christ. You've got the gifts, but right now you need to use your gifts in love. And then we will start attaining to the measure of what Christ has designed for us. So he says this in chapter 12. 
The body is a unit. Though it's made up of many parts, and though all the parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews, Greeks, slave, or free. And we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Uh, This is the theme of 1 Corinthians 12 through 14. And it's also paralleled in Romans 12 through 14. It's the same theme. It's about unity. It's about oneness. And it's about the one spirit uh, that he's given us to drink. He closes that section by saying, just saying this, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. And that was really interesting to me because um, I was thinking, you know, growing up, I was always like, you know, you think about your gifts and you think about what, what God has done for me, and it should be thinking, what is he doing through me? Not what has he done simply for me, but how is he going to work through me um, in these ways? Because the ultimate goal is that people don't walk away saying, wow, I'm really impressed. Uh, if Vanna encounters somebody, they're not supposed to walk away and say, wow, I'm really impressed with Vanna. They're supposed to walk away and say, man, God has touched me, and he's, building, he's built me up. Um, not the person who spoke to me, but me through them, you know, is the idea. Um, so anyway, um, any, uh, yeah, go ahead, Chuck. When I think of gifts, um, to be honest, I think small gifts. Right. Because yeah. if I've been given a gift, that's mine. Right. My grandson has a real problem with that. Right. Yes. In fact, you could almost say, and I probably would have to think this through, but you'd almost say that the gifts that God is giving you, he's giving through other people to, for you. That um, the gifts that I have are just gifts that I'm in charge of to carry to somebody else, really. Uh, they're not for me. They're, they're to be distributed through me. Kind of like when you're a kid and your parents give you the money to put in the collection kit plate, you know. It's just mine to hold on to until I give it to where it, it belongs, you know, uh, that kind of idea. Yeah. So it says you are to excel in those that build up the church, the gifts that are excel in those. Well, that tells me that whatever the gifts, we're supposed to do something with them. We're supposed to, it's like, make it better. Uh, I give you the gift of teaching. Right. Try to hone that right. and get better and better at it as your groups, as the people you talk to change, learn how to change with them. Okay. As, you, uh, as different circumstances come up, learn how to use, how to be able to be nimble enough to keep using those gifts in whatever situation. Yeah. Without any effort yourself. 
But that's what I caught in this verse as well, is that he, he talks about pursuing these gifts, looking for these gifts, try to excel in gifts that are build other people up. You're not just passively waiting, maybe God will do something through me, maybe he won't. You're instead acting in love and saying, I need to reach this person and praying for gifts um, that you need, you know, for certain circumstances to, to build up the body. Right. So is the excelling of your gifts. That's your responsibility to yep. make it better. Yep. Do as much as you can with it. I think. Uh... I think that that is that, that that we're all we have to recognize where we're at. There's two things that are weighing on my mind right now. One uh, that I know is important that deals with what Vanna just said is that it is always our responsibility not to critique but to take action in ourselves. That this is something I am supposed to be doing, working on, restoring God's church in me. Right. And, but the second thing is what Tamara said earlier is there are times that I need to rest and relax and understand. Uh, in God's kingdom, there are times where I, and I know this, I know how it feels. Um, when you go through a depression and you're like, you could rebuke me all you want to, but it's like rebuking somebody with a broken leg for limping. Um, it's the way it is. I'm hurting. Um, and you need to allow people to minister to you in those circumstances. But most importantly, um, I look at this and I think, man, God's designed for the church God's design for the church is none of this stuff that we do. A lot of this stuff that we do is beautiful. It's very beautiful. But let's face it, most of what we engage in, a lot of what we engage in, is stuff that is beautiful, but it's for us. It, it's, it's great. We enjoy it. But you come to a church service, and I love church services. I hope I, I do. But you come to a church service, and how many of the one another's within that 45 minutes to an hour and 45 minutes, are we capable of exercising? How many of the one another's are we capable of even exercising in that time? We have to start thinking of church as something so much bigger than what happens on a Sunday morning. It has to be so much bigger and more engaging consistently about God use me in these people's lives, help me reach people and help me be an active part of that. The end result, when my life has been there and the times where it's like that, man, it's true. I feel blessed, full of joy, full of purpose, full of meaning. But I don't think anything robs people's joy more than losing purpose, losing worth, losing what am I doing here anyway? I think that is the most hurtful feeling any of us have gone through, and most of us know what that feels like. And so I love the challenge uh, that he's issuing here. I want to close with an example that he gave that I really loved. People get excited about demon possession. Um, there's movies that are made out about, about it, and I don't know what it was, don't know what it looked like, but it's all over the Bible. Um, I had a lady call me one time, short story just because it's funny, but a lady called me one time and asked me to exercise a demon from her house. And a uh, real call that I got said, would you come to my house? And, and, and um, what did she, how did she word it? Uh, I can't remember, but anyway, that's what I was supposed to do. So I showed up at this lady's house, and um, she claimed to have a demon in her house. And um, I, I was uh, uh, 
scared, nervous, weirded out by the whole thing. And then she pulled out her hands. True story, she had black claws coming out of her hands. Okay, I'm not saying this to freak you out. This is not a joke. This is actually what happened. And I, at that moment, thought, I am not equipped to exercise a demon. I go to the Church of Christ. We don't know how to do that. Um, I, 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 I was scared. You know, I was like, I've got to get out of here. And then we started talking. It was, it, but ended up being just a crazy example of demon possession of what it looks like. We sat in our living room. We prayed together. She talked about her nine-year-old girl. I won't get into the whole story because it's crazy, but talked about a nine-year-old girl that couldn't go to sleep at night. And I said, well, maybe if you don't paint the hall walls and the red room across the wall blood red and hang scary pictures around, she'll sleep better. And then the living room table was full of horror movies everywhere. And I was thinking, if my house was haunted, I wouldn't watch horror movies. I'd watch Bambi and Anne of Green Gables every day. I, I, I don't, you know, but we had a prayer together. We're thinking about, it's a funny story, you know, and I don't know much about demon possession. I know it's when you turn your life over and something else has control, whatever that is. I've seen enough of it in my life and in ministry that I can tell you, boy, that's a good term for it. I've seen it where people have lost control entirely and it looks like something else has control. Well, that's crazy and cool to talk about. But what what Chan did in his book is he said, but what about all the times in the New Testament, and especially in the book of Acts? Did you know that this is a theme? That they were full of the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, moved by the Holy Spirit, controlled by the Holy Spirit. That same language is all over the New Testament. They're not making many movies about it, right? But what does that look like in an individual's life when complete surrender, complete control is given to the Spirit through you, and you become a vessel of that instead. That was one of his most powerful thoughts for me personally in this chapter, and just thinking, man, God, I want, I want to experience that, where it's no longer the Roman 7 battle, but you have control. You've possessed this body, and I'm moved by the Spirit, the way the men of Acts you know, are described, and, and women of Acts. So let's, uh, let's close with a prayer. Uh, God, I want to beg you for that. Um, I pray uh, that we would be a church and we would be a people filled with your spirit. Uh, God, that instead of looking at this series and looking at these verses and, and hearing these words and robing ourselves with um, a strong court case uh, against today's church, um, instead that you would bring us to our knees. Um, and experience the very humility of, of Philippians too, that we would experience that um, the mindset of washing others' feet and that we won't look. Um, I want to look beyond us. I want to look beyond me. Uh, and I pray that you'd give us big vision. But I, I pray that the, the vision would be rooted within us as individuals. And that especially when you bring a Wednesday night crowd like this accrue together, uh, that we will be here on a Sunday and we'll be surrounded by people like Tamara was talking about. There will be people here in need uh, that, God, that you would arm us, that you would not just work through us to minister to the body here, but you would especially work through us in equipping the saints for works of service, 
that we would not just do it ourselves, but we would equip others, inspire others, and encourage others, uh, that we would follow Christ to our, to our knees. I love you, Father, for these messages and, and what you're doing in your body and what you've done in this body. Uh, your spirit is alive here, and I praise you for that. It's in Christ's name. Amen.